Hey, I'm Aldwin. And I'm Jason. And this is the Ready Play Tennis Podcast. New balls, please. Why I didn't get excuse me? Can you talk louder so everyone can hear you asking me about my drugs? I mean, if we had Hawkeye, you would be so freaking embarrassed right now. Well, how come they can say whatever they want to me? Oh, it's old talent. That don't work. I just sit on the couch. I don't want to look like I am I going to be his boyfriend. Ready? Play. Welcome to the Ready Play Tennis Podcast. I'm Jason. <laughs> and I'm Aldwin. And we are here to talk about the French Open, FA, I, uh, a.k.a. Faux. Faux in September. Yeah. Mid-September, middle of the October. tournament. October. Weird. Weird. I'm... Yeah. I'm... <laughs> sorry. <laughs> I'm actually dressed... Like many of the spectators, and in fact, many of the players right now, because I'm in a toque, <laughs> I'm in a sweater, and I'm also in a robe. <laughs> is your apartment cold? <laughs> the The heat is on, but I just, I think the turn in weather here in Toronto was so drastic and sudden that, like, my body's not used to it. And I, I dare say that the players at the French Open feel exactly the same way. Like, watching the French Open now for the past week and a bit... Don't you feel physically cold when you're watching the matches? Yeah, I mean, I was I th- I thought it was a a bit funny to watch them all sort of struggle and complain about the cold as they get back to work doing something that they love with the chance of winning 2 million dollars. It felt really bad for them. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> Uh, my favorite uh, moment of that hmm. obviously was the story that I shared when uh, Azarenka had her first round match and it started <laughs> raining and it was windy and she didn't want to stand out in the rain when the official was trying to say, can you just wait a few minutes? And she's like, no, I'm cold. It's like way degrees. I mean, eight degrees outside. I'm from Florida. Way. <laughs> first of all, you're not from Florida. You're from Belarus. So relax. I think number she, one. Yeah, I think she, I think she's actually, you know, correction. She said, I live in Florida. She didn't mean she was from Florida. So we love her and we're just having a little fun at her expense with that particular moment because it was pretty hilarious. What did she say about the ducks? She made a reference to ducks somehow. Yeah, she said we're sitting out here like ducks because we're getting wet and it's cold. And, you know, apparently the clay, they were floating in water. I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. (laughs) But I mean... um, yeah. I mean, if I were her, I wouldn't want to be sitting out in the rain either. But I guess there's a difference between, you know, staying out and sitting in the rain for, I don't know, 20, 30 minutes. And then just being asked to sit out for a couple minutes. I think that's like, you can do that. Yeah, Come I on. think in that particular instance, it didn't um, subside the rain. So she ended up winning that argument. And, and the match started, I think, like 45 minutes later. And she won, mm. but then she didn't. So we're going to get into a whole bunch of that. Yeah. Listen, the women's draw is literally like a who's who in tennis and not who's who in that they're recognizable names. The quarterfinals, I had to look girls up on Wikipedia because I'm like, who is this girl? So it's- I pulled <laughs> I pulled a real like Mariah Carey. Like, I don't know her. 
I really don't know. I didn't know at least two of the players in the quarters. Right. So it's not a who's who. It's a who? Who? Yeah. Who dat? Is that a new segment? Who dat? <laughs> who dat? <laughs> uh, so we're going to talk about the quarterfinals, but what have been your impressions thus far of this new tournament with a thousand fans on the grounds per day and mm. a new covered roof stadium philippe chatrier yeah i mean okay i was going to start this discussion with you before we started recording but truth be told for the u.s open i was really into the u.s open it was the first slam well, no so not sorry not the first slam but the second slam of the year but we had thirsted for slam tennis for many months you know normally having wimbledon and french open french open champions at that time but yeah, I was so into the U.S. Open, though there were no fans, it was at the same time. So I still felt like, you know, I still felt riveted by the action, one would say. But this French Open, I just, I think, I think I feel the way that many players feel in terms of the conditions. It's a bit soggy, a bit wet, a bit dark, a bit gloomy, you know. The tennis has, I don't know, the tennis has been all right. I haven't been, like, you know, blown away by the tennis. I mean, we're going to get to this match. I thought that the best match that I watched so far, and I didn't watch all of it, by the way, was the Gaston team match. Mm-hmm. Um, and the women kind of, I don't know, no one really looked great to me. So I, I've, I feel a bit lackluster, if I'm being honest with you. Yeah, I think there's probably, even though we've thirsted for tennis for so long, it's been a bit overwhelming to go from no tennis to like suddenly, <laughs> you know, there's sometimes three tournaments in a week and then there's Cincy and the US Open all at once. And then there's no break from that because then they went to rome and now the french open and then there was hamburg and then we were following genie and it was a lot (laughs) yeah it's i needed a bit of a break like you know I, i needed a bit of a break and i don't know how all you tennis fans out there are feeling but you know this french open is it's different it's different it doesn't really feel um, momentous. The French Open, I, I don't know, has always a special place in my in my heart. I mean, we talked about it in our previous episode. The clay is so magical, but it just feels very gray. All of it. Do you feel like there's something different with the fact that at this particular tournament, there's fewer fans or not as many fans, and the French fans are, are a different sort of atmosphere that adds to the tennis? Do, do you think that... Do I think that having the fans helps the atmosphere is that what you're asking or you know having fewer fans i mean when you when we talk about the gaston match you know there were fewer than a thousand i guess that's the max that they can have on the grounds mm-hmm. but they added a bit of atmosphere to the grounds even though there weren't that many i think the capacity in that arena is like ten thousand or something so like to tbh the fans really didn't add much of an element for me you know yeah in the team gaston match they definitely kind of were a character onto the onto themselves but i mean whether there were the fact that there were real people there watching the matches i mean if you compare it to the u.s open where there were no fans i mean i thought i didn't really see a difference oh interesting yeah, for me so should we start with the snack hmm 
since where did he cut since we've already he, been we've already gotten there yeah i mean he's a nice crispy little chicken nugget <laughs> <laughs> i i didn't watch i would i think i was watching the court to court coverage when he was um facing vavrenka but i watched the full match with team mm-hmm. uh what I, he he definitely has an interesting game not much going on in terms of his serve but mm. he has interesting variety does those loopy balls and was just drops shotting team like an mf'er girl when you are five okay first of all for the record i when i first saw him i'd never heard of him and i immediately was like this guy looks like he's three foot seven how is he a <laughs> professional tennis player in the fourth round of the french open and when I saw his Wikipedia profile, his height states that he's 5'8". Yes, it does. <laughs> okay, if he's 5'8", then I must look like I'm a midget on television. <laughs> Seriously, because he looks like he's 3'6", but I don't know. He, yeah, he's cute. He's cute, yeah, for sure. For, um, he's got... <laughs> go we ahead. Were, we were... Uh, Wade and I were watching the match. I think it was in the fourth set. He... Um, did a couple loopy balls and and then he sort of set himself up to hit a forehand winner um, mm-hmm. a lefty forehand winner and <laughs> Wade says oh my god that's so hot just because <laughs> I think he's obviously cute like a nugget and um, uh, yeah I, I, I was just impressed with the fact that he just went about his business. He didn't really see, seem to have any nerves in a match like that when, you know, you're the 200 and whatever ranked player. You would think mm. you would have or come up with some nerves and that would sort of break you down. And maybe it did in the in the eighth game when he lost his serve and then lost uh, team held to win the match. But... Mm. Yeah, I mean, he... After after he kind of exploded on the tennis scene, you know, with his win over Vavrinka, I immediately went into IG and was like, let me just send him inappropriate messages. <laughs> <laughs> through, <laughs> our <catch> IG? <laughs> through our Ready Play Tennis podcast IG. <laughs> um, and then he blocked us. No, I'm kidding. He didn't block us. <laughs> but um, yeah, I mean, I, I don't know. On it. To be honest with you, I think he is just this guy that the stars align for him for this particular tournament. It's clearly a surface that he can do well on because he's a little nugget and has to, like, you know, scurry about the court, play defense. Um, Do I think that he's going to make be a presence in, like, maybe the top 50? I don't think so. But good for him. It's a nice story to to have on his home turf. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, we all want to root for the underdog and he was in that match i think tennis is ripe for wanting to cheer for the upset and the underdog and i think stan sort of floundered in that match i mean how he lost a set to this guy six love is is beyond me i didn't quite see the whole set but uh he was playing well against team and and sort of confusing him and hitting drop shots and then he'd get him to the net and he hit a lob over his head and yeah yeah, I mean, you th- you think about that matchup. Team is like insane topspin, and when you're f- four foot nothing, I mean, that's such a hard ball. You have to have such incredible strength and you know agility and like you know jumping up for the ball. But he 
you know, he hung in there. Five sets, man. So good job, mm-hmm. little nugget. So we follow him on Instagram now? We do. How many yeah. followers does he have? He doesn't have many. I think he had maybe like 5,000. Oh, okay. He, I mean, we, we should check to see how many followers he gained since, um, you know, since a couple of days ago. But yeah, I was, I mean, I'm not, I guess I wasn't surprised because he wasn't a name to begin with. But yeah, he definitely for sure at least doubled his followers. Yeah. And what were your other surprises so far now that we're into the quarterfinals? Almost. Okay, so last week when we did our French Open preview, because it's FO 2020 and our vision better than that. <laughs> Dennis, <laughs> apparently better than that line judge. Oh, I know. We'll get, we'll get to that. <laughs> um, if I was a betting woman, I would have put all of my chips in the Halep pile. I thought that she, like we talked about it, we talked about Halep being the Djokovic of the women's tour. So talented, so consistent. I didn't think, I did not think that for for one second that she would lose out. I mean, she didn't really lose out. Oh, no, she did. She lost, To me, she lost out pretty early. Mm-hmm. And she just ended up playing a girl that is on fire. Yeah, I mean, she lost to somebody who would just played like lights out. I think she hit fewer than <coughs> a dozen errors in that match, and she was hitting every corner. Even, you know, I was as I was watching that, that match, and she was hitting leg cords, and they were falling over the net, and Halepe was getting <laughs> pissed. I was like... Halepe is Aldwin right now. She is pissed. <laughs> I know all about shady let cords. <laughs> but uh, you know, she was playing amazing. Yeah. So Yeah. A lot a lot is being expected out of this Polish player, Iga I think her Swiatek Swiatek She, you know, the commentators uh, mentioned her forehand is just as big as any men's forehand. She plays with an ATP style forehand. And what she did so insanely well against Halep was, you know, use her forehand to obviously draw her off the court. And what I like about this this girl, this, this Sviatek, is that she's not afraid to go into net and to finish the, the point at the net. Mm-hmm. And she's actually really good at the net. She's got good feel, good touch, you know, so she's got great hands. And I mean, with a big forehand like that, you cannot you cannot put that weapon to waste by just staying at the back of the court. So TBH, uh, she's coming up as a potential favorite to win the whole thing for me. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, the way she played against Elepe, for sure. She has good feel at the net. I saw a few of those points. Um, Her and Gaston, Um, except, Mm. you know, we only would want one of those to use their hands on us. Um, okay, <laughs> quick, <laughs> um, quick little thing, question for you. Serena pulls out, beats um, Christy on, uh, fellow American woman in the first round, and then she pulls out with an Achilles injury. I don't, something having to do with her Achilles. What do you think about, like, it, the only reason why I bring that up is because Chris Everett made a statement about um, Serena after she pulled out saying, like, she she didn't feel like she was going to win the French Open. The conditions, you know, she Serena is not kind of in the physical shape to like grind and win this kind of tournament. But she said, you know, Serena, yes, Serena is a force, but she's going to have to work two to three times as hard now to get that number 24. So like, what do you think about the whole Serena story? Yeah. <laughs> 
Yeah, I would agree that it's going to be more and more difficult if she's having niggling injuries and she has to pull out of a tournament like the French Open. The French Open would be the hardest for her, especially if she has an Achilles uh, injury. So, mm. And, you know, Chris Ever talks about it all, all the time. Uh, when it comes to aging players, you're going to have more bad days um, mm. as, a, as an aging player or more bad days than good days. So, um, yeah, it's going to be tough. It's going to be tough for her. I don't, I don't know how much longer I will care to follow the uh, track this story (laughs) you know i mean if you've listened to our podcast over the past month i think one of the themes is you know serena the legacy being the goat you know finally claiming that 24th grand slam and i keep on repeating myself but you know the way that i feel you know it happened with steffi in 99 steffi you know being one of the greatest women's tennis players of all time came back from injury uh you know was off the tour 97 and 98 came back in 99 won a fairy tale french open uh beating martina hingis and that was kind of her like swan song grand slam and i think the way that it's playing out is that you know obviously serena has had such difficulty executing and winning at the slams in the past two years that I think she's going to have her moment. It's just not going to be at the French Open. Mm-hmm. I mean, she's 39 now. Yeah. And the last time she won a Grand Slam was before she had a baby. Mm. Uh, but she had chances. But like we've talked about before, people do not have the fear that they used to have in yeah. playing her. So... Um, I think in in that case, Chris Everett is right, that she's going to have to work uh, harder than maybe she ever has before. <laughs> Agreed. Yeah. Agreed. Those were, those were pretty much my, I mean, like a little side note, Vika, we thought we put Vika in as a favorite. She ended up playing the Exorcist in the second round in Shmidlova, who took out Venus Williams, not surprised. The reason why I'm kind of shady toward Venus is because I love her so much and I'm like, Honestly, all, all Venus has been doing post-defeat has been um, posting IG stories where she's eating, like, cake, like, chocolate cake in a fancy French restaurant. And I'm like, <laughs> you know, honestly, girl, live your life. That's good. You know, but we we die-hard fans of you want you to win a slam. And, like, obviously, you're not going to do it the French, but, like, get your shit together. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, do you think she's in the category of Andy Murray and that she is perhaps taking up space for other players as Mats Wielander put it that (laughs) that is shady I'm just I'm not hey I didn't say any of these things I'm putting (laughs) words in Mats Wielander's mouth and paralleling it with what he said about Andy Murray for Venus yeah I mean where I think that Serena has still got a shot to win a slam I have zero faith in Venus I I know that's so awful to say you know, 2017 was such a crazy, amazing year for her when she made two slam finals. But I don't think that her body is holding up anymore. Like the kind of game that she's transitioned to now with like a more whippy forehand and like a modified serve doesn't really help. Her. Like th- when you get older, you want to finish points quicker. You want to be more aggressive. And she's not doing that. So I'm like, you know what? Let me just YouTube some old videos of you when you were amazing. And I want to remember you that way. (laughs) (laughs) That is shady. I mean, if you think about our last episode, we kind of picked Halepe, Vika, Mugu, and maybe Serena. And they're all gone. And they're all 
gone. Do you want to talk about, because I know you watched this, this match, Danielle Collins versus Mugu. Yes, I did. Did you like that? Did you like that? <laughs> I, I kind of like Danielle Collins's game. And, Me too. You know, I c- congratulated her through her <laughs> fan page and the fan page shared <laughs> my congratulations, <laughs> which I thought you was thought, funny. You thought for like a good 25 minutes you're talking to her, her Danielle herself. It was more like five minutes, but <laughs> then, I, <laughs> then I caught wind because <laughs> I, shared, I shared a story of her sharing our story, but it was just the fan page. So I deleted it. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, every share helps. Mm-hmm. So that's a good of, job. Speaking of, before Vika got eliminated, she gave you a little birthday gift. <gasps> right. And you know what? She gave me the birthday gift because you encouraged her to do it. You said, you know, it's my uh, podcast partner's birthday. So, you know, are you going to give him a little birthday wish and you put it to a poll and some shady ass people out there the tennis backhanders one of you you one of you voted well you voted no that she wasn't going to wish me a happy birthday first of all what is up with that i don't know such what is up with that i know you know we're podcast sisters so (laughs) if you're listening to this podcast just know that we well i support you i know jason does too Mm -hmm. so why wouldn't she say Happy birthday to me. Like, yeah. I want an answer. Yeah. Why, backhanders? Why? Why? <laughs> anyway, Vika, um, Vika, share, she, Vika wished me a happy birthday. She wrote, happy B-Day. She didn't have time to write the whole word, but she did manage to put a little cake emoji. Mm-hmm. So, put thank a cake, you. I mean, she couldn't, she was shivering like a duck, so she couldn't <laughs> do too much. No, no. <laughs> but it was nice of her to share it. That was very sweet. And very sweet. Vika, if you're listening, come on our show. Yeah, girl, you have nothing to do right now. <laughs> yeah, you're take, you know, taking a break, taking care of your son, maybe chilling in Paris with a little glass of coffee, whatever you call it in Paris <laughs> cafe. Cafe. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, so we've been talking a little bit about uh, the women. Before we mm. move away from them, yes. we have to talk about this Sarah Arani Kiki Burton's <laughs> hot mess. <laughs> Sarah Arani is a little demon. <laughs> <laughs> she is. She. You know what? If you Google, like, you know, WTA shady moments, Russell and I live for these videos on YouTube that basically is a compilation of all the shady moments that WTA players have been toward each other. Like, literally, Sarah Ronnie's in 99.9% of them. <laughs> <laughs> and Maria Sharapova's in the other 99%. <laughs> exactly. So they okay. had a second round match. Mm-hmm. And uh, I, I didn't actually watch the match, but the recap is Kiki started cramping mm. in the third set. Uh, and she overcame a 5-2 deficit. But I think at that point in the match, she was continuing to cramp. Um, but she ended up taking the match 9-7 in the third. <laughs> <laughs> but Sarah thought that this was not this was not true, that she was sort of faking it. Wait, hold up. You, you uh, Maybe you were going to mention, but cramping and then won the match at 9-7 and was in such pain she had to be wheeled off the court on <laughs> on, on a, a wheelchair. W- on a, in a wheelchair, in yes. In a wheelchair. 
So, yeah. Um, so she, <laughs> Ronnie said, uh, after one hour, she's injured, but then she's running around like never before. <laughs> <laughs> Shady. Uh, she leaves the court in a in a chair, like a wheelchair. And now she's in the locker room and eating in the <laughs> restaurant. Perfect. She's exaggerated. It made me very angry. So well done to her. But she can win without doing that. <laughs> That is so funny. That is so funny. You know what? She is living her truth and she was so annoyed with her. So, I mean, I would I would be kind of annoyed too. Like if I played a match with you and you're cramped, you're like, oh my God, it's so painful. But then you won and you're like, all right, just, you know, going to do a little 5K run now. I'm like, ugh. What was all of that whining for? Like yeah. call the wambulance. Yeah, sorry. We, we, we sort of started our wambulance segment a little early but we should probably you know that was that was the first part of our wambulance and the second mm. one was dennis okay so this is a good segue because i think it's a good opportunity now to talk about the men um poor dennis chapeau he was up in that match um what five four in the fifth set 30 15 uh correct me if i'm wrong his opponent, another Spanish guy with three names, Pablo something <laughs> something or other, <laughs> Barreno or whatever, um, hit a ball that was out, but the umpire called it in. And, you know, had the umpire made the correct call, that would have given our buddy Drip Drip two match points. And, you know, when you're up two match points, I mean, yes, Two match points, anything can happen, but he was not. And it ended up being 30-all, got broken, and then lost it in, I think, 8-6 in the fifth. So what a shame. I mean, 8-6 in the fifth, yeah. I mean, okay, so this obviously brings up the whole topic of um, Hawkeye. You know, French Open being the only slam to not use Hawkeye technology to make their calls. Like, what do you think? Don't you, like, CC Pass called for Hawkeye now. Um, do you think that the French Open should continue with its tradition of, like, pointing at a mark that has nothing to do with the actual ball that, <laughs> that dropped on the line? <laughs> uh, I mean, it's either that or they invest in some vision insurance so these umpires can get glasses. <laughs> because they're not seeing the right mark or they're assessing sort of the um, the way the clay sort of um, diffuses when the ball strikes as some uh, some idea that it's it's actually hit the line when it it, it hasn't uh, it happened a couple times in Rome in different matches. It's happened multiple times here at the French Open. So mm. I think the players have a good case. I mean, I'm sure Dennis, who pinned that line call or put it on his Instagram, has probably pinned it to all of his Facebook and Twitter and Instagram <laughs> so people see it. Uh, because, yeah. yeah, I mean, it is a bit of a miscarriage. My My thing is like, okay... Yes, it is your job as an umpire to have your eye on the ball 100%. But you are not going to be able to know every single ball that hits the court. And so when I when when the players call the lines like the umpire to get off from his or her chair to point at a mark, 
I'm like, how does how do they know? How do they know? I mean, I would I I would not be able to do it. So I think you know, if you're gonna have the have the benefit of having Hawkeye as a backup, I think that's good. They should do it. Yeah, if they have the technology, you are correct that they should just suck it up and do it. And as Djokovic said, I think in his news conference, I don't see any need for the lines people. <laughs> He's going to put them all out of work. <laughs> he did hit He did hit a lines judge today in his match inadvertently. What? In Again? <laughs> yeah. Okay, come on. How come we didn't even discuss that? He was going for a return, and the ball sort ah. of bounced off the frame of his racket and hit the lines judge in the face. <laughs> <laughs> he's got bad luck, man. <laughs> yeah. And uh, guess who he's playing in the next round? Ooh, who? Oh, PCB. Pablo Carreña Busta. PCB. Can you? It's going to be a rematch. I bet you all the lines judges, all the lines judges that have been um, assigned to that match, <laughs> they're going they're to wear, wear like, guards. like, yeah, they're going to wear like a like a thick like muffler around their neck. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, moving on from our <laughs> Hawkeye to more Hawkeyes? No, probably not. But we're going to talk about Sinner because he's making he's making inroads. Are you know what I posted this on our IG and I said, are we not the freaking oracles of the French Open? I mean, his ears literally must have been burning because, you know, he has always kind of been on your radar. You're kind of waiting for him to make a breakthrough, and that sweetie just got her whole life. Mm-hmm. This yeah. first week of the French Open, he beat Zverev. Who did he? Who did he beat earlier in the tournament? I forget. I don't know, but Zverev is the notable one. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, Zverev did come out and say that he was like extremely sick. Did you hear that? <laughs> yeah, I saw that. He said he had a fever and a sore throat and a cough. I mean, it sounds like the Rona, but I guess he was allowed to play, so he must not have that. Yeah, he. I mean, he came out with a statement saying that he had, he tested negative. I mean, but... I mean, as we all know, sometimes the tests are fallible. But uh, yeah, I mean, big news is that Sinner has made his breakthrough. And who does he play in the quarters? He's now going to play. He's in the very bottom half. He Oh, well, he plays Nadal. He plays Nadal. That'll be a good match. I want to watch that. He, you know what? So this was the first tournament that I really kind of paid attention to him again for all of our listeners I'm really not that big into men's tennis but obviously because we have a podcast I have become um, more informed and better educated and I mean I see all the things that you're seeing he is just easy power oh my god his forehand is ginormous Mm -hmm. and his serve he literally throws his whole body into that serve yeah, I think if he can take the ball early against Nadal and hit some of those loopy balls that sort of pop up and he's able to drive them back at Nadal, that maybe he has a chance, but who knows? Hopefully he, he's another one of those players, he's only 19, that doesn't seem to get rattled or nervous or sort of show any frustration. He does pump himself up a little bit when he's winning, but doesn't mm. show much emotion on the court, but just has been playing so well. 
Yeah, and yeah, he he's calm, cool, and collected. Just controlled aggression in the you know in the match against Zverev. I mean, Zverev wasn't playing his best, but I was just so astounded at how deep and heavy he was hitting his forehand, mm-hmm. and just such easy power. Yeah, so I'm really excited for him to continue and for him to confirm whether he has foreskin or not. <laughs> Do you think he listened to our teaser clip? I mean, I hope so. That talked about all <laughs> <laughs> tripping over his skirt. Yeah, his Italian sausage. But hopefully he trips his way to the semis, beating Nadal, who, you know, we have to, I guess, state is probably still one of the favorites. Like, before Djokovic's match today, he and Nadal were, like, winning, um, you know, without losing more than, like, three games in a set. I know, and here he was at the beginning of turn at the beginning of the term tournament terminant <laughs> at the beginning of the terminant <laughs> um, when he was like, "Wah, these balls are gonna be so heavy. Wah, it's like gonna be so hard on my body." Blah blah blah, and he's just blasting his way through the draw. I mean, a little surprise for me, and I know it was a surprise for you. Maybe not a surprise, but like a little notable story. Um, Daddy Sun Combo, mm-hmm. Petter Korda, 1998 Australian Open champion, Venk, uh, winner of against Marcelo Rios. His son played Nadal in the fourth round. Yeah, and not not his cat Rafa, but Rafael <laughs> Nadal. <laughs> uh, those of you who have, were following the match and the lead up would have learned that he was a huge fan of Rafa as a kid. It was one of the reasons why he got into the sport. He loved him so much that he named his cat um, his pussy after Rafa. <laughs> I wonder if his pussy's really furry. <laughs> Maybe he should get his Rafa to autograph Rafa's fur. <laughs> So, I mean, clearly he got demolished, Mm -hmm. 1-1 and 2. After the match, he apparently asked Rafael Nadal, his idol, you know, namesake of his cat, to (laughs) sign a t-shirt. I mean, would you, okay, let's just, let's just, let's just put ourselves in that situation. You're in a competitive match. Are you going to do that? Like, let's say, let's say you train and you're like i'm gonna play the rogers cup i've qualified jason patterson i'm in the first round and i get to play delpo Hmm. and then you get you get smoked (laughs) like a smoked freaking ham are you gonna ask him for an autograph i mean i (laughs) i wouldn't do it publicly and have the media cover it and then show rafa signing the shirt like i would do it (laughs) sort of quietly so that i maintain some semblance of my own dignity mm-hmm. in my loss yeah. yeah no there there would be no way i would you know do the packages at the front end of the match where i'm laying on a bed with my kitty rafa and then <laughs> getting ready for my match where i'm gonna get double breadsticked and a twofer <laughs> you know who um who thought that that was a problem the signing of the t-shirt mm. No, I, I couldn't I couldn't fathom who. <laughs> Oh come on, you know. Share it with the world. Uh I mean should we wear albatrosses? <laughs> um Nick, Albatr- Nick, I forgot about that. King Curios. 
King Kyrgios has been blabbering away mm-hmm. while while his peers are, you know, working, doing their jobs. But he's just he, like, you know, blabbering away, taking moments from playing Call of Duty and like cute little Instagram stories with his girlfriend <laughs> to just talk shit about people. And he said something to the effect of, you know, uh, in in relation to Corda getting the autographed T-shirt, you know, probably why you got destroyed. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's pretty good. I mean, he's not wrong, yeah. right? He's not wrong. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it was a good story for a hot moment, and then he got trounced. But you know, he'll have a nice little payday. He'll have a nice little bump in the rankings, and hopefully, he'll improve. He's only twenty years old, so. Yeah. Okay. Question for you. Mm-hmm. So men's draw, um, we were a little bit sad about CC not doing well at the U.S. Open and then kind of flubbing the final in Hamburg. Have you kind of seen his play? Mm-hmm. Like I watched. I think I watched the last part of his match against Dimitrov. Like, how do you think he's looking? Yeah, he's looking good. I mean, he's sort of a better version of Dimitrov. I was watching that match. I was like, these guys are pretty much... <laughs> talk about talk about shady. <laughs> <laughs> these guys are pretty much... They're very similar. Obviously, they, they have a similar backhand. Uh, it's just he makes fewer errors than Dimitrov does. Dimitrov hits a lot of balls out or long or just long or into the tape he hits a lot of balls in into the tape Mm. um and i yeah i mean dimitrov is sort of i don't know i think he's he's seen he's seen his day if he if he had made (laughs) the semifinals this year of this tournament he would have been one of i guess only 10 players on the men's side to reach all four grand slam semifinals which i guess is you know it's something to hold your hat on but he's never made a final you know, I think the thing about Dimitrov is that there was so much hype about him when he burst onto the tour. They were calling him Baby Fed for years, mm-hmm. and that can be freaking annoying. But, I mean, when you carry that moniker, and especially with someone like Fed, like, people expect a lot from you. And, I mean, semifinals at three of the slams is a pretty good deal. But, like, I don't even think he's won a lot of Masters series, has he? I think he's just won one, and he's won the year-end championships. Oh, he did. He won the year-end. Mm-hmm. Okay, that's that's notable. Mm-hmm. That's something to be proud of. Yeah. <laughs> so the men's matches, we have Joko versus PCB, a rematch of Throatgate. Mm-hmm. We have Rublev versus Sitsi. We have Schwartzman versus Team, which should be a good one, and Sinner versus Nadal. So who are you yeah. taking? All right. Uh, first of all, I think the winner, I know this is going to be controversial. Sorry, Steve I from Chicago, but the winner is going to come out of the bottom draw, the bottom half, for sure. I mean, I, I was telling you earlier, okay, Djokovic versus PCB. I mean, barring the fact that Djokovic doesn't kill another lines person, uh, Djokovic is going to go through in that one. I think, you know, he's learned his lesson. Rublev and CC Pass is hard to call because Rublev is fire. And he's like, yeah, you know what? Like, I'm feeling myself right now. I won Hamburg. I beat this guy last week. So I think Rublev looks pretty good to to take that other quarter. Um, and then very quickly, Schwartzman versus Team is going to be the match that I want to watch because they both have just juicy little nugget butts. <laughs> and <laughs> and I think Schwartzman's gonna do gonna gonna take it oh. and. And honestly, as much as I love Sinner and he's had a breakthrough tournament, Nadal's king of clay. Nadal's going to win that that very last quarter, I think. Okay. 
What about you? Yeah, I mean, you know, Joko and PCB, they've all, they've all, <clears throat> all, both of them have not lost a set. So I think that's mm. interesting. And, you know, as <clears throat> Curios also said, PCB uh, wouldn't have as high ranking if he wasn't so good on clay. So <laughs> there is that. But yeah, I would take, I would take Joko in that match. I would pick Rublev as well, although I would love to see Sitsi go through. Mm. Uh, I would love to see Team and Nadal in the semifinals. I think that would be a good yes. matchup to see. That would be juicy. Um, mm-hmm. But I do kind of feel like this might be Djokovic's year to take wow. it. He's playing that well. I mean, come on. Yeah, I mean, he's yeah, he's playing like Djokovic. Mm-hmm. Okay, so Djokovic is your winner. I think so. That he would be my pick, uh, mostly for Steve. <laughs> okay, you know I'm gonna I'm gonna be a rebel. Here. <laughs> I'm gonna be a rebel here, and I'm gonna say my winner's Schwartzman. <laughs> wow, I am, I am. He took out Nadal, but he lost uh, to Joko in the final yeah, in Rome. Yeah, I, I think Schwartzman. I think Schwartzman's a quiet story. Him playing against Nadal and finally beating him kind of gave him the confidence to know that he could beat the top three. And so I think, I mean, even though Djokovic's game is completely different, I'm still going to put my money on the little nugget from Argentina. Okay. To win the whole tournament. To win the whole damn oh, thing, girl. Oh, shit, son. Okay. <laughs> and then on the women's side, we have... <laughs> okay. <laughs> Go ahead. It's going to be a hot mess. <laughs> we have Swiatek versus Trevisan from Italy. Mm-hmm. Who? Who? Exactly. Swiatek's going to take that for sure, the way she's playing. Svitolina mm-hmm. versus Podroska. Podroska. Mm-hmm. Qual- qualifier from Argentina has made it into the quarterfinals. And then we have either Jabour and Collins versus Kennan. Ooh, it'd be cool to see Collins versus Kennan because they're, oh, w- w- they're both fiery ladies. Yes, I... I'm starting to develop like a hardcore girl crush on Collins. And I love Jabour, who's been playing well all summer. But Collins versus Kennan is going to be spicy. Mm-hmm. That'd be juicy. And then Kvitova versus Sigmund? Yes, German, the German girl. Mm-hmm. Has never passed the third round of a Grand Slam ever until this tournament. And I think just happened to have like a really good draw, TBH. No offense, Sigmund, but you know, sometimes the stars align. And, is she uh, the this one was your that tournament. Beat- Oh no, she's not the one that beat Azarenka and no and Venus. No, no. Who's your f- so? Who's your favorite? T- so basically, I agree with every woman that you chose to go through to the semifinal. But who's your? Who do you think is now the favorite to win the whole damn thing? Hmm. I mean, you gotta put Kvitova near the top because she's won two Grand Slams, even though she's not as strong on clay. Mm-hmm. Um. I know you're you're following Svitolina. I find her a little bit boring, so I don't watch a lot of her matches. But <laughs> go go on about her. <laughs> okay, so Svitolina, I've watched. I watched her against Garcia, and Garcia played a really good match. She beat um, Mertens, who again we've been talking about has been so consistent this entire tennis season. Um, she beat her seven five in the third, but she destroyed Garcia. And the reason why Svitolina is doing so well is because she is a true the true definition of a grinder. I mean, she's not going to overwhelm you with a lot of power, but she will grind you into the ground. And I think the her added advantage this French Open is that for whatever reason her backhand is on fire. Her cross court backhand is so good right now, 
And, you know, I think if it's going to be like a Svitolina Kvitova final, Kvitova, again, will blow you off the court on a hard court or a grass court. But if Svitolina can keep her grinding ways about her, I think it's Svitolina's to win, which would be such a nice thing for her because, you know, she like to me is also kind of like the David Ferrer of the women's tour. <laughs> like if it were, you know, if it were a different time, she might have more slams under her belt. But I think this is her best chance to win a, a grand slam. And do you think she'll get past Swiatek if, if she makes the semis? Okay. Good, good question. Wow. Good analyst question, girlfriend. Um, Swiatek, if she's on fire, if she played like the way she did against Halep, n- no. Swiatek could go all the way to the final, maybe win the whole damn thing. But lightning has to strike twice. And that's exactly that's tough against a top player. So exactly. And, but exactly. She, I, I, and I didn't watch the match against our girl Jeannie in mm. the third round. So she, she played really well in that match also. She did. Okay. So I watched, I, I watched bits and pieces of that match. The thing about, the thing about Sviatek and the Bouchard match was Jeannie was doing all the right things. She wasn't playing bad at all. She was really taking her chances coming into the net, you know, coming in on a short ball and she was doing really well. It just, she got outplayed that day. She really, she really faced a girl that is catching fire. And, you know, when you have that big of a forehand and that finesse at the net, it's hard to, it's hard to have an answer for it. And we need a new pole taking a pole position. You know what I'm saying? Because <laughs> Rodwan- Rodwanska retired, and then she's a baby I know. mama. Exactly, and she's getting so much lip filler. Yes, and injections. Yes, yeah. they would be too heavy for her to play anyway. <laughs> <laughs> but maybe she'll make a comeback like all these other mamas. Rodwanska, maybe no chance. No, no chance. You don't think so? No, Re- Rodwanska's game going into the women's tour now. Yeah, she would. No. She wouldn't have a chance. You're right. She wouldn't have a chance. Correct. There's no way. So uh, you're picking for now Svetolina and Kvitova to be in the final. I think that's a good final, and you would pick Svetolina to win. Yeah, I would say Svetolina against, like you said, Svetolina Kvitova, but with the asterisk that she has to beat Sviatek. And if Sviatek makes the final, it's anyone's game. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and and you you wouldn't put Kennan in there. I mean, she's not as she doesn't have quite the movement that you'd need to go much further on clay. I mean, she looked a bit awkward even in her match against Pharaoh Rocher. <laughs> <laughs> you I you texted me and you're like, "Who why is this girl wearing like a a rag <laughs> to play her professional tennis match?" <laughs> yeah, she, well, it was just it's always jarring to see somebody wear a, a wear a tire on the court that has no logo on it yeah like she's not she has... <laughs> sponsored at all it just looked like no a warm-up shirt <laughs> maybe that's our that's our entry point if we ever wanted to start a clothing line <laughs> <laughs> that's the no-name brand <laughs> <laughs> exactly yeah uh kenan listen kenan kenan i think any tournament that she shows up in kenan is like the like a quiet mover through the draw. So don't count her out. I think her greatest asset is her patience and her, her, like her fire to win. Um, I think she's really smart. So yeah, I wouldn't, I wouldn't count her out either. She's got just such interesting, um, 
return. Like, mm. you, you can't tell where she's going to hit the ball. So she doesn't even she just doesn't even hit the ball very hard often off off the return. It, but she hits a winner. Yes. It's so I was watching against Farrell Rocher and she <laughs> was just l- sort of lacing winners. That, but they weren't really that hard, like maybe 70 miles an hour. And mm. the, the the girl wouldn't know where it was going. <laughs> I know. Well, I mean, it probably has something to do with the fact that she doesn't even look at the ball when she tosses it for her serve. <laughs> yes, she does not. What is up with that freaking toss? <laughs> yeah, it's like a last minute look up. She's sort of looking down. I don't know. Maybe there's some technique there that allows her to um, have the toss go up in the same way. I don't know. Yeah, it's it's probably muscle memory or something. But yeah, I agree with you. She she doesn't have a she doesn't hit a big ball, but she has very good disguise. And uh, people are like, oh, okay, there's a 30 mile per hour winner that just passed by me because I had no idea where she was gonna hit it. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> okay, so our picks are Djokovic for me, Schwartzman for you. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's a, I mean that's I mean if you are putting some money on that and that goes through, you'd be a millionaire. Yeah, and ex- then exactly. Svitolina. I'm going to pick Kvitova just for fun. I would be so happy if she won it. Like, you know, they were talking about how, you know, Kvitova made her return back to tennis after some crazy maniac broke into her house in the Czech Republic and sliced up her left hand. She made her come back uh, at the French Open. So it would be nice for her to win a third a third one. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, uh, honorable mention to Leila Annie Fernandez for putting up yes. a nice fight against her, uh, going up 5-1 and, you know, floundering after Kvitova found her range. But it was a good yeah, match. It was a good match. She's She's got a great forehand that Leila for, takes it so early, mm-hmm. that that forehand, lefty forehand. Yeah. Looking forward to seeing what it's next for her. Mm-hmm. Before we wrap, though, you have a little... Fun <laughs> activity for us. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's not, it's a game for you. And um, I mean, I didn't have time to think of a cool, amazing name. So we're going to call it the name game. Oh, okay. So you know how over the past few podcasts, we've kind of made jokes about like, you know, the Spanish players having three names. Do you remember? I do, yes. So what we're going to do for this the name game is i have gone through the men's draw and i've written down all of the players in the singles draw that have three names (laughs) (laughs) and what initially what i thought i was going to do was i was going to ask you to name as many as you can in the top 100 but i think a more fun version of this game would be for me to give you the um, acronym or the initials and you have to tell me their name in full. Oh god. All three names. There's three of them? Honey, no. I have I have like thirteen or fourteen here. On the men's side or both? Ha- yes. Just the men's side. Just the men's okay. side. Because I know the men men's the men's tennis. Men's tennis is your specialty. Oh god. I mean I think I can only name two. Honey, no no no. It'll come to you. Don't be nervous. Okay. Don't be nervous. Okay, okay ready? <laughs> Okay, let's let's. I'm gonna give I'm gonna give you a, a slow ball to to warm you up. Okay. R B A. Roberto Batista Agu. Good. <laughs> Ding. Correct. <laughs> Next, P C B. Pablo Carreño Busta. Ding. <laughs> correct. 
Okay. Um, what about FAA? Oh, Felix Oje Aliasim. Good job. <laughs> I mean, you had to have known that one. Yeah. Okay, now it gets a little harder. Oh, ooh, already. Yeah. Those three were, were giveaways. Mm-hmm. Okay. Because we've How used them that? every week on the show. Ex- <laughs> exactly. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, I'm what about A D F? And I believe no, I don't I don't know where he's from. I'm not gonna like confuse you that way. A D F. Wow, I I have no idea. I mean Unfortunately, the commentators don't often use all of the players as their acronym. Okay. I, I'll i give you his first name. Okay. Alejandro. Hmm. I don't know. It sounds like a Gaga song. <laughs> Alejandro, Alejandro. <laughs> okay, this guy's name is Alejandro Davidovich Fakina. <laughs> Do you even know I him? I don't know him, no. <laughs> Oh, okay. I thought you. I thought you uh, had mentioned him in a previous pod, but I guess not. No. Okay. Um, next, what about P H H? And this player is from France. Uh, Air Uber. Yes. What's his first name? Pierre. Air. Hugues. Hugh Herbert. Herbert. <laughs> they they played double. He played doubles with Mahout and beat Sock and Pospisil. Oh yeah, Pop Socks Pop won Sock, out. Yeah, they won the first set, but yeah. Damn. Yeah. Okay, uh, let's do a few more. This one I know you have mentioned before because I remember when you mentioned this guy's name. I'm like, no one is gonna watch that match because no one cares. Oh, uh, before- the dude from Brazil. Wow, you! <laughs> His last you name remember. is Wild. Yeah. Yes, Tiago Saboth Wild. Wild. Yeah. Okay, yeah, he's and on let's... the rise. On the rise. Not maybe like, not just like maybe not this month, but he will be, <laughs> and he'll cause a rise in some people's underpants. <laughs> Next COVID Grand Slam. <laughs> um, okay, let's do one more. This one, this one, he is pretty well known um, from Argentina. Argentina <laughs> from J I L J I L is it start with like Javier <laughs> Juan Juan, Juan. Martin Del Potro <laughs> <laughs> oh my god I forgot about Juan. him <laughs> I don't know Juan Ignacio Londero. Oh, I do not know him, but he sounds sexy. You don't know him? No. He's he's good. I think he's like top 50. Oh. I'm shocked. Yeah. I do not know him. <laughs> <laughs> and that... So you got the three names that we use every week. Mm-hmm. That's fine. Yeah. And Sigbo Sebo Wild. Yeah. Tiago Seboth Wild. Yeah. He's from Brazil. <laughs> He's going to be like the next Guga. Guga. Ooh. <laughs> Guga. They've been hurting for a star for a while, eh? Mm-hmm. For a while, eh? A while. Ooh, well done. <laughs> <laughs> well, we, um, you know, we should always end in a laugh. So that's what we're going to do. Yes. Don't forget to friggin' like us. 
to share us, to subscribe, to do all of those things um, that you would do when you like a podcast. So don't forget to do those. Yeah. And when we see y'all next week, we'll have two new French Open champs. Yeah. And then we'll talk about the rest of whatever is going to go on with the tour. Exactly. I know. What's going to happen? Is there going to be more tennis? Pro- probably not a lot. Not a lot. I think there there's not a lot on the women's side, but a bit more no. on the men's side. But anyway, we can talk about that next week. All righty. All right, bye. Bye. Hey, it's your serve. If you love this episode, be sure to give us a five-star review. And don't forget to share it with others and let them know what all the racket's about. See what I did there? And don't forget... Follow us on Facebook and Instagram at Ready Play Tennis Podcast. See ya!